Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello, welcome to the Autocar Podcast, My Week in Cars, with Matt Pryor over here, Steve Cropley over there. Hello, Stephen. Hello, mate. How are you? Very well, mate. I would think more, more rested than you are, because as we speak, it's first thing Tuesday morning, you have just come back from the Geneva Motor Show. Yeah, I got back last night, but I had a, a lot of stuff. We're in my house, aren't we? Well, yeah. I am... Um, yeah, I got back about, I don't know, 11 o'clock last night. There was a certain amount of chaos in the Geneva airport. And then um, uh, and then I had to get up this morning and write a couple of news stories and the show report. So yeah. um, I'm well practiced on the typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the show report. Then. What is there to report on this year's returning for the first time since 2019? What's there to report on the Geneva show? Um it was better than I thought. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of cynicism going in. That you know, there was some bloke. I was going. I, I went in with two other guys. Normally, there's a scrum to get in. You know, there's yeah. hundreds of people Be queuing out outside the door, waiting for the turnstiles to open. We just there. walked in, oh, and, the, really? and the guy that that looks at your barcode on your on your pass was was sort of almost grateful that we arrived. <laughs> but I walked in with these two blokes. One of them said, "This is like a wedding rehearsal. You know, no commitment, no." Um, you know, all the governs is here, but no actual substance. Um, and and the other fellow was a guy from Switzerland who was was rather in downbeat way saying that this is the last one and it's oh, all finished okay. and there won't be another one. Hmm. I don't know that that's true. Okay. But anyway, the so we walked in. It's about an eighth the size of what it normally oh, was. It's a small show anyway, yeah. isn't it? Usually, it's a compact show. Small, but all so of the, the right you word, know but... Stellantis have ten plus marks, don't they? Yeah. All missing. Yeah. No Germans. Mm-hmm. Nobody but Renault, BYD, MG, Dacia, obviously, um, and some small stuff. But quite a lot. Of, they, I was impressed, actually. I, I, I thought they'd done their best. And the place has always been well run. And it was the, the decor was terrific. It had all been refreshed, I think. And mm. there were big displays of vintage cars and hypercars and so on. And, and the coffee shops were immense. <laughs> Got plenty of space for them, but you know, really good st- models, places to buy models and all that sort of thing. And and um, and Renault, because there was so much interest at Renault, the five and and uh, you know, the place was knee deep in, or in fact, chest deep in in uh, high pressed Renault executives. Mm. So there was plenty to do. I found it. I mean, there were various people sidling out at about two p.m., but. I found it um, enjoyable, busy. Yeah. So, as a consumer, a casual public showgoer, yeah, still interesting to go to. Well, I think if I were a local mm. and I wanted something to do with my kids on Saturday afternoon, I'd go. Yeah. Um, there's enough to see, especially stuff that they won't have seen. You know, historic racing cars and you know, sort of auction stuff and. Uh, but it was nothing like 
you know, our proper motor show. It was a, mm. it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a very well controlled and sort of nicely curated lash up. Okay. Stellantis yesterday morning chose to un, not unveil, release pictures of several new Fiat. Yeah. Do you think that was a? Do you think they chose yesterday morning to do that? Deliberately, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Apparently, I was hearing about this. Uh, that was a bit of a also a, a talk in the in the as we were walking in. You know, the fact that they'd done this. Apparently, this is recent behaviour for Stellantis. They they um, they're very conscious of Renault and its apparent progress, and they they seem to have a bit of a spoiler tactic. Renault had some fantastic financials to report a little while ago, and mm. There seems to be a bit of a, a tendency for, for Stellantis to want to um, compete hard with Renault, you know, to to issue news when, when they've got some. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was absolutely deliberate because apart from anything else, we already know that, that Fiat wants to celebrate the 125th anniversary with these very cars that it launched yesterday. So it could have done that, couldn't it? Mm-hmm. But... Um, when the financials came out a few couple of months ago, Renault were cock a hoop because they were best results ever, mm. and uh, there was some mysteriously some Stellantis uh, announcement that day as well. So it's it was a it was a thing to try and take some of the uh, shine away from Renault rather than a slight on the Geneva show itself. It wasn't Stellantis going. No, we want we we want to jump on the, some of the Geneva bandwagon, but we don't want to spend eight hundred pound a night on a hotel for a minimum of ten nights, <laughs> or give the show give the show organisers four million. No, no, no. But well, I don't anything. know. It could have. Been, I think it was both things because okay. Olivier Olivier Francois, the Fiat bloke, was was purportedly made the announcement while walking around an Italian town called Ginevra. <laughs> so there was a... <laughs> so there is a bit. So there is something. So there's, some, there's both things going okay. on. Okay. But I think, you know, there's still loads of people who are wounded by the, by the fact that when Geneva went wrong three days to run in 2020, there were no refunds you know yeah. th- nobody got their hotel or I don't know about nobody but few people got their hotel mm. deposits back and so on and so on yeah so th- th- it's still possible there's a bloke I know in Ford who is unable to complete a sentence containing the word Geneva show without a bunch of expletives <laughs> yes I know a couple of I, th- I think I may know who you mean but also I know a couple of other industry people who do feel similar a sort of a certain Lack of sympathy Indeed. for the plight of the Geneva show, but as a as a as a punter, as a showgoer, the old Geneva show was quite a nice place to go. Oh, it was good. As a, as it a was car good. enthusiast, it's a good show to go. It yeah, was good time a good of the year. To go to. Accessible, yeah, um, even-handed as well. You know, the French weren't, um, <clears throat> you know, in a superior position to the Germans, and vice versa, as mm. as with other shows. Mm. No, I liked it, and uh, you know. We had some good times there, didn't we? Yeah. You used yeah, to yeah. wander around making videos all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We just, uh, the 2020 video, we did it from the, uh, our old photographic studio slash warehouse slash car storage remote office instead of, because we were going to go to the show and then two days before somebody went, no, you're not. So we oh. went, oh, okay, well, all right, then we'll better just film a, film all the cars that, you know, with pictures of all the cars that would have been there and do it probably worked out fine did it was fine mate yeah it was fine as a lot of people found it was fine yeah (laughs) just you know just as many just as many people found out about the cars they were interested in but they didn't have to go anywhere and you could have covid in the storeroom just as easy as you could just as easily yeah and it's not you know what it's i don't know a lot of manufacturers have found that you don't necessarily need all that stuff i think that's geneva's big problem the one is the still the sense of outrage Mm. And and also the fact that that they've had whatever it is four years practice at putting on their own mm. separate events, and you don't have to be shouted down by some bloke with a microphone on the stand next door. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, sorry to be said for that. Uh, I haven't done a letter yet, but you can write to us, autocar at haymarket.com. And Richard Turner has done uh, with some very nice words about the pod, which is very kind. He says, the real reason for writing to you is to get you both out on the road. There is a lovely venue near me, just on the edge of the North Yorkshire uh, Moors, which is becoming a venue for the motorist. It's called The Motorist, uh, themotorist.com. Um, but it isn't getting the coverage or prominence of the likes of Caffeine and Machine or Bista, partly because it's not uh, as popular yet, but also because it's quite a long way uh, further north and for reasons that we live in the south, I suppose. Yeah. But we don't cover... I mean, it's funny, actually, I did a post on Instagram a few weeks ago about Caffeine and Machine's new place, which is going to be in the on the site of the old Westmere Hut pub, uh, which is sort of halfway between Petersfield and Winchester on the A272. And a lot of people commented on it. Why are there not places, why are there not more places like this in the north? And I think actually the north probably is not as well served no. as the south and the Midlands for these places. But anyway, the motorist is uh, is up there. Richard says we should go. And um, he says it's, if you're filming on the North Yorkshire Moors or Northumberland, maybe, I guarantee a pit stop would be worth it. And we should go do a live recording in the pod or an evening with. Oh, I think he's right. Absolutely. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. I, I do think he, he's right. There mm. need to be more places. I mean, it's all about population density, isn't it? Yeah. Just, but I tell you what, it, I, I had a look on the website. It looks amazing. Yeah. You know, there's a Lotus Cortina sitting there in the middle of a display in an Aston as well. They, they just seem to be parked there, lifted up off the ground with a bunch of, you know, um, I don't know, <laughs> anoraks, hats, God knows what around them that mm. you can buy. Yeah, because I think it's a car show. I think it's a classic car dealer and showroom as well. Ah, okay. I think, I think. But also then, you know, hub attached as yeah. a place to go and visit. Makes Which it I nice. I like one. these places. I really like yeah. these places. Well, the bikers do it well, don't they? Because, yeah. you know, coffee at the local bike shop. Mm. That, um, that just seems to work well to me. I like all that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a place... On between me and you, actually, near Oxford, called JNS Motorcycle Clothing. Yeah. Just does just does gear, but it's got a cafe, you know, a, a, a trailer set up in the car park doing buns and burgers and. Yeah, I love it. I might go. I might stop for lunch on the way. Back. On the way back. Yeah. <laughs> I, might, I don't need any motorcycle gear, but I'll have a look round, and you never know. I might pick up some earplugs. Yeah. Something else. Yeah. Who knows? So yeah, yeah. Anyway, thank you, Richard. Uh, we'll take you up on that, and um, we'll see you there. I did go past last week nearby last week but I couldn't I didn't have time to stop because I went to the North Yorkshire Moors on Friday what do you think we'd, we'd be allowed to do the pod there wouldn't we yeah, we'd do the pod there couldn't we yeah. yeah 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 yeah. we'll just find a way to be there as find a way to be there it'd be nice to I'm always tempted to say motorbike up there when it's well, a little that's warmer a, uh, yes yeah give it, but, give it a month or two yeah yeah I, I took my bike out of storage over the weekend that overstates what I did, really. How was it? I started it and rode it around my neighbour's field and then parked it near the garage door. But ah. yeah, great. It's ready to, ready to go. Knees and fingers? Oh, well, I didn't go very far. Oh, but, okay. oh, but yeah, far, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah it was still, it's still a bit too chilly for me. Um, anyway, on with the pod. You've been to McLaren Technical Centre. Yeah. What's it like? Well, it's just as fabulous as ever. Hmm. Um, I went there... Um, with our uh, one colleague, a bloke reporter we worked with, Johnny Bryce, mm-hmm. and our job was to see the the new Artura Spider, which is you know a very nicely designed lid off type job with some rather clever aerodynamic tweaks. Because if you think about it, that when when the lid comes off, it 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 settles on top of the on the very point uh, of the engine cover where there's a there's an exhaust. Um, sorry, a, a, an engine heat vent. Mm. So if you if you cover that with a large um, composite panel, it can't breathe out, as it as it were. So they, they've done some clever electronic uh, aerodynamics to change it. And we were that was all explained to us by an excellent bloke called Matt Beale, the, chi- the chief engineer. And uh, um, Johnny's duly produced a story, mm-hmm. and it was great. But it was just so. Fabulous to go there. I, I made me think of Ron Dennis all the time. He, everybody knows him, and he, you know, everybody thinks they know about him as well. But I think his actual significance in history isn't 
appreciated enough. He, to me, he's he, he's he's as good as Enzo Ferrari. Hmm. Same decisive person, same com- relentless lack of um, uh, ability to stop, <laughs> and uh, and of course huge achievements. Yeah, he's just started later, hasn't he? Yeah, that's it. You know, yeah. and actually, if you how what is the difference between them in terms of the creation of the racing company and then the car? company there'd be a few decades yeah. so if you imagine that McLaren is effectively a few decades behind yeah. Ferrari in its story you could see where they might be yeah. they might well be very competitive with and each that, other at the time you're right me. yeah and, and I mean there's a there's a parity on race wins and all that mm. isn't there yeah. and also I th- the other thing is when you go around you just you know how you drive around a lake mm. and look at that building I, c- I tried to think of another car type building Short of something like Wolfsburg, you know, Hitlerian building and Mirafiori, which is a Mussolini type building, but there are no other sort of monuments to motoring like that. Yeah. Certainly not in the modern era. Mm. And it's going to live a long life, that place. Yeah. It's, been, it's already, whatever it is, 10 years or something old. 20 years 20 old. 20 years old, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And um, could have been opened yesterday. Mm. Amazing. And also, I think it'll age. Well, so do I. You know, yeah. I think in a hundred years' time, if it's still there, and you know, it would be nice to think still so. be phenomenal. But it yeah. would still be extraordinary. There are great stories about it because Ron was so involved. With yeah, it, wasn't he? And that so, the, sort of fetishist for yeah, detail. That yeah. the tunnels underneath, going from one of the car parks into the building, they've got these sort of underground white tunnels, tiles across the floor. The width of the tunnel passageway. Is the right width that none of the tiles needed to be cut. That's it. That's right. And the same goes for the factory, I believe. The, the oh, manufacturing. Really? <clears throat> yeah, they, they, he he made sure that uh, that that there was no trimming of tiles. They mm. had to be and there's, amazing. Bloke. And then when you go in, you go in, if you go in, you've, you've gone in the grand entrance because you've driven around the lake up to the main door. Well, I've, I've done but both. You, main, but but you've also done the other one where you go down yeah. into the tunnel, you go through, and you come up in the lift to the yeah. sort of raised walkway area yeah. that's got a very long chrome handle railing that runs all or not probably not chrome is it but aluminium handrail that runs all the way along pretty much the length of the building i my understanding is this that i don't want any joins in that i don't want there to be no joins and somebody when you can't, well, we just physically can't make a piece this long and he accepted one in the middle and then so there's a story which apparently isn't true there's quite a lot of geese uh, and stuff that hang around on the lake. Oh, and he is reputed, and apparently this is not true. There are some apocryphal stories, and some that are, <laughs> some of that are some that aren't true. Where he's he's gone off on one during a meeting, and a geese has a goose has crapped on the window, basically. And he's gone. Will somebody get out there and shoot those <laughs> geese? Apparently that's not apparently that's not true. But I wish it was. I and the lights, about it. And the lights in the lake are exactly the same height as the water, aren't they? I think. Yeah, the lights that shine on the building. That's it. And they bang uh, on water depth. I remember going there early on, hmm. and they were, you know, they're even more concerned about detail than then, you know, all the light switch detail and the screws in the light switches had to be, you know, horizontal. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. And you looked through all these buildings, which which were were glass from about waist height upwards, and everything was uniform except for one, and it was Adrian knew he was still working there, and the the infamous drawing board was kind of above the level of everything else all the every every other desk was uniform every every light switch blah 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 yeah but the but the drawing board was there it was a fantastic sight that's brilliant that's brilliant um you talked to matt beale matt beale about yeah. bandwidth of yeah McLaren's. well, well I, you, you you'll know more about this than me because you've driven many more mclarens than me but I think this is. He talked about the making a car that's quiet and noisy when required, and a mm. car that rides well but is still has fantastic body control, and a car that appeals to drivers of normal ability and pretty, you know, elevated ability, and that seems. I think they've succeeded with that already. But he was just talking about how they've done it some more. They've they've. Um, They've just worked hard to things like throttle response and and the and the exhaust characteristics, so that when you're driving along in normal conditions, it doesn't rattle the crockery in the Vickers 
tea cupboard but but on the other hand it it can make a hell of a noise when you want to go around Silverstone Grand Prix circuit hmm. and I mean you you'd say that wouldn't you the, the bandwidth is pretty good yeah I think the bandwidth is pretty good yeah I I enjoyed driving McLarens and I like them a great deal I like the lightness and I like the uh, the steering I think they've probably got the best power assisted steering of any modern production car they fetish of theirs, isn't it? This, um, yeah, they've, this, they've retained hydraulic power assistance, haven't they? When everybody else has gone to electric. But I do wonder on the it's sort of on the bandwidth front. Their cars have a lot of it. You know, they you could cruise quite easily in one, but also they're quite good fun on a track and everything. But yeah. is there enough of a bandwidth across the model range in general? Oh, that's a really good point. And I don't. When you think of a Ferrari, a Ferrari Roma has a very different character to a 296 GTP, which has a very different character to an 812, which has a very different character to a Pure Sangway. And one McLaren feels less dissimilar. Yeah, we had a we had an Artura and a 750S parked together in the British Motor Museum the other day, you know, a month or two ago for an event. And... and uh, that was a thought, I must say. You look at from one to the other and you think, the guys that were with them made a good case for their differentness. And one was a hybrid and one was a NA car and one was a V8 and one was a V6. But but in the end, you look at them and you think, well, not sure which one I'd choose because I I just haven't got a clear vision of that. Mm. Whereas you're right about that. Yeah. That's, a, that's a really good point. I wonder what they'll do about it. I don't know, but I think it's a perennial problem for them. You know, it always think, has been. Don't you it think? always has been. I think it always has been. I think the difference between a 650s and then whatever came after it, and then the 720, and then a 750, and yeah. you know a 570 to an Archer. I think the Archer, because it is hybrid and V6, is the most different to the others. Yeah, but still. Yeah, but it's not, are, not it's, a, it's not noticeably small or anything. No, like that, and part it? part of it is because um, I think of. Ron Dennis or plus it was designed by a company that has been used to racing for a long time so they go well it's a McLaren so it's got to have a carbon fiber tub yeah. it's got to have an engine in the middle yeah it's got to be two seater yeah really it's got to be a two yeah and there are only so many different ways you can make one of those cars look and behave and they still you know they go oh no it's different because the the base model whenever it was the 570 that doesn't have any active aero and it doesn't have the really expensive bodywork, and it doesn't have one or two other things, yeah. the seven twenty or whatever it was at yeah. the time. But we're talking really niche, really niche stuff, yeah. I think. And I just, and you see, it in I think they've got some quality issues. You see it in the residual values, yeah. you know, compared to Ferrari's residuals, which are stronger. I think. Yeah, you know, very. I think it's a, I think it's a problem for them, really. And I think it has been a problem for them, and it continues to be one. Yeah, which is a shame because. But if you think, I was just thinking about while you were talking that Aston. Do you remember they they had a problem for a while where we, every Aston looked the same. Yeah, and yeah, and they sort of got out of that a bit, I think, mm. and and maybe they're showing us how to do it. And also, by the way, because I've, I've read what you've written, um, they've also moved further up the pole, haven't they? They've they've you know if towards the ultimate, as it were. Mm. So maybe McLaren are. Uh, on a trajectory, but I definitely f- accept that stuff about the, the them looking having a bit of an identikit look about. Yeah, them. yeah. And I just yeah, I think it's a. Well, yeah. when they draft you in as CEO, mate, you can. Well, you know, it's uh, yes. Yeah, so I'll be I'll be sure to yeah. I'll be sure to. <laughs> so seems unlikely. I wonder what your do. company car will be. What, whether you drive I'm... drive one of those as a daily, or whether you would. Uh, you know, choose a mentally instead. Uh, what is the do? Because of their various affiliations over the years, I think when they started Mercedes with yeah. the big company car thing, because they were the engine supplier to yeah. the F1 team. But I don't know. Maybe the scheme has broadened out a bit since. Yeah. You'd yeah. probably still go to work in a Landy. I bet you would. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, object, I, I tell you what. I, well, as it drove into my backyard, I was yeah. I was reassured. Reassured with the TD five rumble. <laughs> the problem with uh, TD fives, as I understand it, is that the injectors eventually get a bit leaky. So when you turn them off, air gets into the injectors and into the fuel lines, 
and then it takes a very long time for the fuel pump to pump air back up to the injectors. So if you don't switch on the ignition and leave the car for a long time, you know we were talking about Euro 7 emissions regs, which we're going to have to prep the car to be started and warm various things up before you could actually finally push the key and start a car. Well, an old Defender TD5 with 225,000 miles on it is a bit like that. Because you have to so sit yours is actually suffering from this. Yeah, thing. and I I took it over to the place who get it gets who repairs it now and again, and they went, oh yeah, these the injectors let air in, and therefore eventually you'll have starting problems with it if you don't wait for the fuel pump to pump fuel all the way back up to the um, all the way back up to the top of the engine, and it's a the lower on fuel it is, the worse it gets uh, because the fuel falls back more easily into the tank. Anyway. Is it money? I don't know, but it makes it harder to nick. So I'm inclined because if somebody just gets in and turns the key, it won't go. Oh, that's great! Thank <laughs> you. Just sit and, do it and crank it over. You know, if you see a video of somebody cranking up a an old diesel generator or tractor yeah. or train for the first time in thirty years, yeah, and eventually it gets going. Gets that's going. what it has to do. So yeah, well, you know, it's a anti theft theft device. Yeah, it's character. Yeah, it's character. But I will get it sorted. I will get it sorted at some point. Um, anyway, Steve and I are going to take a short break. We'll be back with more My Week in Cars in just a moment. What car would you buy if you could buy any car? What car would you buy if you knew you could save thousands? What car would you buy if you could compare the latest offers from approved dealers? What car would you buy if you could do all of this in one place in just a few simple clicks? And where would you go to buy that car? What car? Car buying made easy. Visit whatcar.com to buy your next new car. Welcome back to My Week in Cars. You can write to us, as Clive Acaster has done, uh, to say... Oh, I want to... Yes, I want to talk about it because this is a bit in your column, but it, Clive's letter is the same... Uh, on the same theme. I keep hearing about K-Cars for Europe, and as a lover of Japan, owner of a Suzuki Carry pickup tipper... <laughs> and former Peugeot Ion owner, which is the same as the Mitsubishi iMeve, the first K electric vehicle. I say, please bring it on. My 10-year-old Peugeot Ion was flawed with a heavily degraded battery, but I love the packaging, the visibility, the turning circle. It was brisk off the line. Way more, way more of a car than a Twizy or a Citroen Ami, which, although intriguing, are simply not enough car. Uh, Let's talk about K-Cars, Steve, because you talked about it in your column. The K-Cars are the Japanese class of car that are within yeah. a certain size. Aren't yeah, they? They're, they're, they're size restricted and, they're, yeah. and they, they fit parking spaces. Isn't mm. there, I mean, this is all apocryphal and I don't really know what I'm talking about as usual, but I think it's, uh, if you have a K-Car, you can get you can get a parking space in your in your apartment building because yeah. it fits. Mm. Um, and But I just like the... The surprising variety of technology. Um, they're all tiny engines and not very pokey, but they but they're all interesting. Yeah, and uh, they go along. Also, I think Japanese were, were were among the first to decide that what we needed was a lot of or you know a pretty good smattering of equipment. So they had lots of instruments and all that. It's great, brilliant. Daihatsu Kore. Avanzato TRX XR4. It's perhaps <laughs> my favourite K car of all time. But that was a yeah, that was a sort of four wheel drive performance thing. Is is the engine got to be less than eight eighty cc or something oh, like? Right. And then the the car's got to be within a certain Caterham's most basic car, doesn't it? The one seventy. That, yeah, that is a K car that complies yeah. with K car rigs. Yeah, that's right. And that's an eight hundred, isn't it? Yeah. And Clive says. What is the autocar recipe for just enough car? How oh. big is just enough? I tell you what, that's a really interesting question, don't isn't you it? think? And it's a, it's, yeah. Isn't it funny? But people sometimes voice things that you've had in your head and you'd never never really kind of fastened on. But I think about that all the time. It's why I like the 2CV. It's, mm. you know, um, yeah, I reckon just enough car is somewhere around Kia Picanto territory, as you proved a yeah. while ago. Yeah. Maybe you could go a little smaller than that with a was your was that a one liter? Uh, or a I think it's a one liter turbo. I think okay. my memory is oh, so it's quite uh, not what it was. Oh, it was fast enough. Yeah, I think they yeah. have just under a hundred horsepower. 
Which oh, is well, fine. that's plenty of people. Which is fine. I mean, yeah. I reckon you could, just enough car is probably about 60, mm. you know, if it's light enough. Yeah. I'm just trying to think. I, I would have thought K cars were just about enough. I reckon they're about car. enough, yeah. I, I do look at, I find myself looking at, at the Daihatsu Matiz when I see one and thinking, that's a, you know, it's just a tin box, but yeah. it's great. The, um, I drove oh, last Dave, week. David is, David is. I drove last week. Yeah, it's a good-looking car, isn't it? Actually, it's a weird sort of slightly. The, the original one with the little round headlights. Headlights, yes. Yeah. That yeah. fell over in the autocar road test. Indeed. Yeah. You were on the you were on the mag at that. Point. In reverse, yeah. yeah. The, what happened was that somebody was at one of the test tracks. It was at Long Cross, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, track. and he and he just needed to. You know, the photographer said, "Can you put that over there instead of where it is?" Hmm. And he got in the car, reversed it quite quickly, put it on lock, and it just. And it just fell over. Yeah. And we subsequently found that others do, did the same. There mm. were two or three in the market at the same time. So I'd say the gentleman, the gentleman with the with the Suzuki Carry Tipper, <laughs> take care of reversing. Needs, just go Glide. slowly in reverse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was it saying? Oh yes, yeah, so I drove a, a machine last week called the Silence S04, which oh. was at the Geneva show. I think it yesterday. was. I took yeah. some pics of it. Mm. Um, that's quite an okay looking car. Yeah. How quick is that? Fast enough. It does 50-odd miles an hour. And it's a metre and a half wide, and it's just over two metres long. Uh, and it's got two... And the seats are cast into the structure of the car? No, they do They do move, but it's, they do sit they? slightly offset like in um, the Citroen Ami, so that you get a bit more shoulder room. Oh, but okay. they do. And then there's two batteries weighing 40-odd kilos each, but they have an, their own inbuilt trolley, and you can take them out. You can charge the car via a, a socket on the car, or you can take the batteries out, wheel them into your garage, wheel them into your house, yeah. and you can charge them externally. That's right. The and bloke they, was showing me that just yesterday. In fact, he was, that's the thing he's proudest of. And the yeah. same battery goes into their little scooter as Correct. well. Yeah, that's right. And it's all made in Barcelona, which is cool. So it's European designed and built, yeah. which I like very much. And it's imported into the UK, <coughs> uh, Silence UK, um, John Edwards of JLR. Yeah, I looked for him yesterday. Now, he wasn't there. Yeah, it's annoying. Is, I would. He's the UK. Uh, he had the loudest UK voice in history. He's, he's, <laughs> I went to the rugby with him once. Yeah, and he he's a Wales supporter. Right. Honestly, he could be heard above the rest of the crowd. There were <laughs> if there were ninety thousand people, it didn't matter. <laughs> Honestly, he's he was the Wales supporter. <laughs> the Unbelievable West. bloke. He's a really nice guy. Yeah, really nice guy. I hope anyway. they're doing well. Yeah, we seem to be doing okay. They import the the scooter and the. I think there's two scooters, and they're, and they're just going to start importing the quadricycle too. And yeah, and I drove it the other day, and it does all the things that the Citroen Ami promises to do. It does. That's the difference. So it rides okay. Well, I mean, it's a bit firm, but yeah. but I mean, it's fine. it rides fine. Yeah. The the only issue with the ride is that you put it's it's fine most of the time, but you know those speed ramps in the road that are squares. And oh yeah. In most yeah. cars, it straddles yeah. them, or you know, on a motorbike, uh, you'd ride between them. Right. So it's too narrow to straddle them, uh, and it's too wide to drive between them. So every one of those is a bit of an ordeal. Is a bit uh, of an ordeal. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it it drives fine. It, Would it, that be it, your minimum car then? If the infrastructure supported it, because you can do as they do in Barcelona, they do battery swaps. So the range is about ninety miles, and it does fifty odd miles an hour. And if you just pulled into a forecourt, you um, you just open the door, wheel out one battery, plug another one in, wow. do do the same on both sides. You've got 90 miles in under a minute. Wow. So, I mean, theoretically, yes. The thing is, it's because it's because it is battery powered. The batteries are quite expensive, and the car ends up at sort of 15, 16 grand, which for which you can get a Kia Picanto. So that's its yeah. its issue. But you're driving it, you sort of go. If the world was designed around cars like this, we'd be in a better spot. Yeah. You know, but it isn't. But also, you can't design a car around uh, the world around cars like that because people need stuff. Yeah. So you've got to have lorries, and therefore the lanes on a on a road have to be three meters wide. Different, and yeah. therefore, the fact that you have a car that's two meters wide, it doesn't doesn't it doesn't save you any time to be driving no. in silence. But I do like the notion of. I always talk about this, but you know, having. <clears throat> you know, one in your household that anyone can use. You know, mm. your mates arrive on holiday, so you, they borrow it. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, is it going to come to the UK soon, or? Yeah, it's on sale now. Oh, so, right. yeah, and I yes, and I uh, I need to finish writing the feature actually. But, we ought to go and talk to yeah. John. Did you run into? I, John? Yeah, I saw John there. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Good, and good. had a go. Yeah, and chatted to him. And I think they think they'll do. You know, the the cases, the business cases made on a, a couple of hundred a year plus some scooters, but he thinks actually they might do a bit more than that. You know, and to people who have motorhomes who. Put, put something on the back. Yeah. I mean, great for that. Really yeah. great for that. And if you just live somewhere where you don't have a lot of off-street parking, but this would fit and a car might not, Yeah, you know? And they're yeah. very, you know, they, they have no emissions at the tailpipe. Oh, I see the so appeal. And, so and, I, and I, I, I was attracted, to, you know, I was just wandering about, as you do, and, and uh, I came across this thing and it mm. just, just looked nice enough to attract your attention. Yeah, and it feels... Much more car-like inside than an Ami or a Renault Twizy. Is there, there's a feature coming on this. Features coming on this. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. got it's got a heater, it's got air conditioning, it's got iPhone, uh, well, smartphone preparation. So you just plug in any phone and put it on the dash. It's got speakers built Love in, it. and it's got all of the things that an Ami doesn't quite have. Mm. You know, it feels small car-like inside. Mm. It's got a quite quite a pleasantly finished interior, remote central locking, all the all the normal car stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that sounds really good. Yeah. And you just think if if we'd just taken a different path a couple of times over the last 30 years, 40 years, actually cars like that might make more sense than some of yeah. the path that we have gone down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah interesting. So, I oh, say, I say having arrived in a two-ton, <laughs> two-meter-tall pickup you know, yeah, but, truck. Yeah, uh, but... A... You know, it's, That's an honourable exception to everything, yeah, Landy. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, can we talk my column for a bit? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Uh, because it's because you, well, the last time I saw you, you were about to go off and do something which is relevant to what I'm about to talk about. Which yeah, is just that, get to uh, yeah, so prove I, I could fly. Yeah, yeah, and so after I waved you off last time, I had a, a couple of drives over that weekend and the start of the week after, and it was half-term week, I think. And driving standards usually take a bit of a nosedive in yep, half-term. they do. Because people who don't drive the rest of the year, or very much, they might go to the, you know, they might go three miles to work and back. And then they go, right, kids, everybody get in the car. We're off to see Nan, 300 miles away. So they all climb into the car and off they go. And they sit in the middle lane on the motorway and they do 65 miles an hour. And just, and they don't quite know which lane to get in a roundabout. So they don't signal properly. And the, you know, maybe the windows aren't clean, and it's just, and they're distracted by shouts from the back, and it just <laughs> fights from it, the back. It used to be. I used to be sure that actually driving in the school holidays was nicer because there was less traffic, but it's just worse now, I think, because it's the roads are full of people who don't know what they're doing properly because yeah. they passed a test at seventeen, and barring renewal of a driving license once every ten years, which is just a piece of paper, you don't have to do anything. You know, you just have to fill in a couple of forms. But nobody, there's no compulsion until your grandchildren say to you, the granddad, you keep driving into the garage door. You, maybe it's about time that you <laughs> gave it up. There's no compulsion to to stop. You don't have to, nobody has to check anything. No. You know, no, nothing, nothing. It's, see, so you could start doing something not very well and continue to do it pretty badly yeah. for 60 years get worse for 60 get years get worse yeah. for 60 years and then eventually <laughs> maybe give it up when you feel you have to yeah and uh, it never used to because I kind of don't like telling people what to do and I don't like the idea of governments telling people what to do and I think if if there's if, you, if you've got a clear choice about whether to legislate something or not just leave people alone yeah because it's you know it's an obvious people will rub along fine it's they just will. don't try don't get involved unless you have to but I'm starting to come around to the idea that actually maybe driving standards are so dismal at times yeah people should and the technology exists because everybody has to do a theory test before they pass yeah maybe there should be some kind of refresher that people have to sit through yeah once I don't know how often I was years. thinking about this I read I, th I really big um resonated with me when I read the story, the column, because um, I I was wondering whether a way into it would be to say that you you just needed a chit to say that you'd been with an instructor for half an hour to an hour or something before you got your insurance. Yeah. Something like that. Because 
I agree with you. If you to, to, to have to go and queue up at some driving centre where there's already a you know a, a huge backlog mm. can't be right. But there, no. but but you could just say because like with our employer, <coughs> we have to do a media law refresher every two years yeah. to make sure we don't see anything libelous on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> and then but also. They, I have to do a refresher on how to sit in a chair. Yeah, you know, Isn't this that, is how you sit look at a screen. Computer, That's the other one. Screen. Yeah, this is how you look at a screen. I mean, I've been doing it for forty <laughs> years. I'm, I'm, I should be all right. Not at dead it. Yet, but yeah. yeah, now and again, they just go, "Look, this is how you should sit. This is how it is." And you could just, as we're very used to supplying our driving license details with a code, a check yeah. code for insurance or whatever, you could just every couple of years sit through a thing on the screen that just says. Yeah, you've just been reminded about what way you should be in, how you should signal, just some other stuff about you know how you would check some tire pressures and just just some general stuff, yeah. just as a reminder. And I don't know if it'd have to be a pass fail or what, but just something that gave people a little bit of homework and yeah. made them have to think about it. Just something you had to do. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, the thing we were talking about is a aero club that I belong to. You can't fly the aeroplanes unless you just do a lap with Phil, the chief flying instructor, mm. who who sort of sits there like a bag of spuds most of the time, you know, sort of sighing when you get something wrong. <laughs> but but he just makes sure you can still do it. Yeah. And it's healthy. Yeah. And apart from anything else, you, you do, you know, I do find that I stick my nose in the books for half an hour before going to meet him because you think oh god i don't want him saying too much yeah. i'd better i'd better just do a bit of yeah I'd better just check up on this yeah so it is um yeah i think it's it's valid yeah and, i just and, you know i don't like telling people what to do but it strikes me that if somebody every few years just had to just had to do something because yeah. it just had to read a book for half an hour yeah just to make sure also your point reminded. about um, about clean um windscreen and uh, one of the Steering committee's friends arrived here the other day for lunch, having mm. driven, I don't know, 80 miles. And I adjusted tyre pressures in the car before she went home because there were all these warnings that had come on and she, there was nothing actually wrong with the tyres. It's just that for the last nine months, she's been driving around on the same tyre pressures, gradually getting worse. And of yeah. course, seasonal shifts and all that. And, you know, there was a couple of tyres of 15 PSI in them that had been, just... had lately been to Dover and back. <laughs> And and you think this is? I mean, the, God knows how the car handled for a start. Mm. But anyway, I finished up. Um, that seems to be my role in life: adjust the the <laughs> the, the wife, the tire pressures of the wife's friends. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's something that could be in it, can it? Just it just I don't know. I think no, some I, people I, I just sometimes it, need a little tap on the shoulder. Just go. You might want to. You know, yeah. I don't want to. You know, we're not being too. You know, too cross about it or anything, but just have a think, have a yeah. think about this because it is. Despite all of this, despite the pretty dismal driving standards, so some some really bad, and I think it's hard. It was hard enough to manoeuvre around these people in a. I was in a normal car, but yeah. imagine being a truck driver and having to contend with all of that on the motorway. Yeah, just queue upon queue of people, just just yeah. and infuriating for them. Also, I think truck drivers, particularly uh, truck drivers, are actually. Pretty good, I think. Really and good. It really, must really infuriate them it to must, see. It may, must how be crap something. So yeah, it, I don't. I can't imagine how infuriating. It must be. It, you know, a reminder to car drivers to go. By the way, bear in mind how long these things need to stop and turn. How much space they need to manoeuvre at junctions and things. Because you just, I don't know. It, anyway, that was my. No, your point's well made. I think it's really well made. How often do you have to do a little flying refresher? Annual. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I, the the license requirement is annual, I think. But it, it, the main one for me is the Aero Club requirement. Mm. I don't have an aeroplane, so I fly the ones that you can hire. They've got five, and uh, and if you want to get well, if you want to fly a new one, a new type, you have to be checked out on it for a start, mm. which is requires a bit of messing about. But even for the familiar ones, the ones you know. I mean, I've been flying the same aeroplane for the last 33 years or something, mm. but I still get checked out on it annually. And it's valuable. Yeah. I mean, as I say, Phil's famous for kind of sighing deeply <laughs> when you do something wrong. But he also, he's he's just good at these sort of two or three word comments on what you've done. Mm. It's good. It's good for you. Yeah. And I think of it when I'm flying without him, I still think about him. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. 
Do you ever drive and think, right, I'm going to, for the next half an hour, I'm going to drive, or 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I'm going to drive in a manner which I would be expected to to pass my driving test? No. Because I don't always drive in the manner that would see me passing a driving test. Yeah. But now and again, I think, would I have, would I have passed that test? If I'd done the last half hour with an instructor yeah. next to an examiner next to me, whether I'd have done that? Yeah. The thing I do, I, I do try and drive... I do have periods of trying to drive well and thinking about nothing else and turning mm. off the radio and all that. But um, the thing I try and do is 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 minimise when, I, especially when I like the car, minimise control inputs. So steer less and less, and and you know, brake less and less, and all all that. You know, try and make everything as smooth as possible without mm. actually slowing to a crawl. But you you know what I mean. Just just try and do make every input economical yeah. and smooth and so on. I think you can train yourself to to try and to, to do it without thinking about it as well. Yeah. I particularly enjoy doing that in an EV, I must say. Yeah. I like that. Really like that. Yeah, because the departure and the slowing down and all yeah. that can be so great, can't it? Yeah. You're right. Um, anyway, despite all of that frustration, I looked up some stats the other day. The UK has the lowest, uh, the fifth safest roads in the world which is oh, really? about on a par with Japan, just literally just a whisker behind Japan. Wow. And I think there's only, I think it's Sweden, Norway and Iceland, which are better. And they have slightly different. And they're you know, surely not as not as densely. No, they're not as densely populated. populated and I think so we're probably doing pretty well. We're doing pretty well, I think, you know, uh, considering. And uh, to be fair, not all company, not all countries keep statistics, oh. but it's, I think 40 odd countries do. Yeah. And we're fifth out of those, and you would imagine most of those that don't are not. When I, where I was born in, in right Australia, in the, in the the driving standards were so variable. Mm. It was in the bush, and the the bloke on the local radio radio they would say when when it was show week and everybody came in from the bush, all the people who were used to driving around that you know never saw another car. You get a warning on the local radio that there were <laughs> going to be a lot of people coming in from the bush. To, to, to go to the local show, so just be careful. Just be careful. Just watch out. They're coming in. Also, I did see an Australian uh, a video somewhere of, an, of a car in Australia, and obviously they'd had a problem with the wheel or the tyre or whatever. So basically had replaced it temporarily to get them to where they needed to go with a hose reel. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. They just sort of wrapped some rope and stuff around it. I'm like, well, you know, because otherwise, if you're stuck, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, Jaguar XEs. Oh, I, they're I, good, I just, aren't they? Oh, I think they're... Have you driven... Were you driving one recently? Somebody was. No, I haven't driven an XE for young... See, I think... Well, there was a bit in the first drive, the other day. They? Yeah, somebody did a... Was there a new derivative or something that yeah. somebody drove? But yeah. No. I think it might have been the price... It's a bit of a pricing change or something. Oh, like maybe. Yeah. Somebody drove one, didn't they? Good cars. I think they're... Right handling, steering... Size. That stuff's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And a, it, it just—it's another one of those cars that's that's lived a good life to me. Mm. You, you know, it's been out a few years, and it, we became obsessed with it with its behaviour against the three series at the time, didn't we? And yeah. the, you know, three series was always wonderful, and it is. But but when looked at in isolation, and particularly with the prices now, I think the bloke that down the road here was. Paid twelve k. But but yeah, what yes, a good it car says it in your column it is a uh, twelve thousand pounds for a yes for a oh I've lost the bit of it in your column I've got it in front I had it in front of me a minute ago I think it was no. for a for a for a two fifty horse petrol yeah with uh, what thirty odd thousand miles yeah. or something like that yeah not not much and it was yeah it's, I've and am I right in thinking that uh, Ian Callum said that. Because of all the stuff it has to have on it, yeah, the engine's mandatory crash That's stuff. They, yeah, this is as small. It's as small as it could realistically. Yeah, be. they really fought to make it as compact as they did. Yeah, you know, um, and you know, they even compromised a bit on rear package and so on, just to make it a really nice driving car. It's got sophisticated rear suspension, and all that. Mm. I mean, we when you're in one, you love it, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So yes, thirty thousand mile, twenty eighteen. P two fifty for yeah. twelve and a half grand. Yeah, it's quite good, eh? Yeah, he's a happy man. But yeah, I bet. I've got a family friend who phoned last night to say that he's just bought a new XF, 
trying to get rid of the old one that he's had for because it's not ULES compliant and it, um, I don't know what age it is, but it's a I think it's a three liter diesel and it's pre ULES whatever that is. Um, it's got a hundred and something thousand miles on it. Local dealers offered him two grand, mm. which he's not going to take, I don't think. No. But anyway, blimey! I mean, what a lot of car for, yeah, for yeah. that much money—an extraordinary amount of car. Yeah, for and everything lasts these days, doesn't yeah. it? You know, the transmission will be okay, and the yeah, engine be will be okay. Yeah, be fine. Even the shockers will be okay. Yeah, fine. You could it's do amazing. another do another fifteen years in it. Yeah, Two thousand yeah. pounds. <laughs> ridiculous that's uh, what's going to happen of course isn't it you know those cars like that are just going to stay on the road and stay on the road and stay on the road yeah because I reckon because uh, they're much better rust proof than they ever used to be 40 years ago yeah you can just keep it going yeah. you know all the while the monocoques right you just replace bits yeah why wouldn't you know replace injectors yeah. and they keep the local garage healthy as well yeah and I, I believe in that yeah me too well, that brings us to the end of episode 77 of My Week in Cars. Oh, damn, 77. 77. We've got uh, a few days in the same place this week, haven't we? We're doing a big EV test later Yeah, I'm week. looking forward to Stormy's. Uh, Matt, uh, Pro, um, so Matt Saunders has organised it. Yeah, which is good. So that could be cool. So I'll see if, well, so I've got a Cropley week this week, which is great. I'm looking forward to that. It will be good. I'm, yeah. uh, we'll have some fun, won't we? Because there's 10 cars involved. Loads, yeah. Maybe so there'll be else. all of us, you yeah. know, all the young blokes as well. Yeah. We've got a great retinue of young hooligans driving Proper cars. Proper road testers. Yeah, yeah, so it should be cool. Yeah, so it should be cool. So more on that. Uh, probably next week we'll chat about it and then the feature video will be in the mag uh, thereafter are you doing a vid on the on these 10 cars yeah doing a vid on those yeah oh, right. some nice forward. vids coming up soon actually because I got that and also do you remember we did a fun EVs test yeah. last year which the, I, we haven't published the video yet but that oh. is now ready to go so I'm going to put that out end of this week the Fiat 500 and all that Malachi. somebody a bloke just delivered a, a, a Cupra here just a hour oh. or two ago before you arrived yeah and I, in order to shift it out of my yard so there's room for your landy, mm. I um, bunged it up the street. And, um, you know, having driven it a quarter of a mile, it feels pretty good. They pass the 50-yard test really well, don't they? Yeah. Because is it a born, I take it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. rear drive, isn't it? Which yeah. is So the steering's really smooth. Very and, nice. Also, yeah. great attack on the throttle, yeah. you know. Yeah, cool. No, I'm looking forward to doing, having a bit of a mess around with these. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, meantime... You can find Autocar over at autocar.co.uk. You can find the full 129-year archive at themagazineshop.com. A reader wrote the other day and said, uh, is it possible to take out an archive subscription without subscribing to the magazine weekly? And I said, well, I've been thinking about it. I think, well, technically no, but if you think of it that the archive just gets bigger by one magazine a week, <laughs> then that's how that's how to think of it if you don't want to subscribe to the new magazine but you do want the archive just think of it that way it's that's just an archive that gets bigger <laughs> every week have you ever done sales in your life mate uh well i'm starting today <laughs> yeah and uh also this this podcast available for sponsorship still i think hey. actually i think if everybody wants to you know if you if, as well as the i'm enjoying it so much i pay for it myself yeah exactly yeah <laughs> um anyway join us this time next week meanwhile steve thanks very much cheers mate uh.